We've got Sooners drafted to the NFL. We'll talk about favorite landing spot, biggest surprise, our takeaways from the 2022 NFL draft as it relates to your Oklahoma Sooners on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. I'm also joined by Josh Helmer of 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon over there, also on the 1400 Sports Talk app as well. Follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Josh, how was your weekend? Did you get any, uh, any football action in? Oh, lots of NFL draft watch partying. Well, watch partying, you know, by my lonesome, but enjoying it all the same. Uh, I thought yeah. it was great. thought it was a, a fun draft. Obviously, we're going to dive into it, but why did it take so long for some Oklahoma Sooners to get drafted? I thought that was one of the big takeaways uh, in Sooner country. But uh, just in general, you know, I, I thought the I, I thought this NFL draft I found just as a viewer a little more enjoyable. Talking specifically about the first round, I thought that you know, those first couple of picks in the first round really, really moved. One of my complaints in the past has always been, oh, my goodness, okay, they're on the clock, but it's 15 minutes before we get a pick made, and that wasn't really the case uh, in this year's first round of the NFL draft, so I enjoyed that part of it. But, man, uh, a good weekend. How was yours? Yeah, it was was the same. I mean, just following along the NFL draft amidst all the different, you know, family um, responsibilities and different things we had going on this weekend. It was a busy weekend, but it was a great weekend and a great weekend for Oklahoma Sooners who had seven players selected in the 2022 NFL draft, which according to CBS Sports is the is tied for the fifth most amongst all college football programs with your Alabama Crimson Tide. They came in behind Georgia, who set a record with 15, LSU at 10, Penn State at 8, and oh, maybe, oh, and Cincinnati at 9. So the Oklahoma Sooners and the Alabama Crimson Tide, both with seven draft picks, which I think is pretty good considering we didn't have a player selected until the back end of the second round. Coincidentally enough, is the same spot Creed Humphrey was selected last year, ended up being considered one of the best centers in the game in 2022. And that was Nick Bonito coming off the board at number 64 overall, the last pick of the second round to the Denver Broncos. Uh, After him, just a couple picks later in the third round was Brian Osamoa at pick number 66 to the Minnesota Vikings at 108. And we'll talk about this one here in a little bit. Perrion Winfrey goes pick 108 of the fourth round to the Cleveland Browns. You got Deller and Turner going pick 152 of the fifth round to the Denver Broncos. Michael Woods, to me, this is a bit of a surprise, going to the Cleveland Browns at pick number 202. And then Isaiah Thomas also going to the Cleveland Browns at number 223. And then you had Marquise Hayes going 257 to the Arizona Cardinals. And then you got a host of undrafted free agents, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But Kind of overall, I don't know if there's a ton of surprise, at least 
in where Nick Bonito went, right? Like we kind of figured he was going to be going somewhere in the second round, possibly late, maybe early third, and he ends up going late second round. Yeah, that, that was right in the neighborhood of what we expected for Nick Benito. Honestly, if he was a third-round selection, wasn't going to be all that much of a surprise just because, again, he's you're sort of drafting a little bit at this stage of the game, maybe a specialist in terms of Nick Benito, pass-rushing specialist, maybe uh, some of the other things. If you're thinking about Nick Benito next level as an outside linebacker, then you know that's that's going to take some growing with Nick Benito. So for that reason alone, maybe thought okay, third round, and you know really, you know quite frankly, it wouldn't have been a huge shock. It would have been disappointing, but it, I, I don't think it would have been a huge shock if it was a fourth round selection for Nick Benito. But listen, he's such a great pass rusher, and this is what we talked about leading into this draft. I told you just based on I told the royal you all of all of you fine center fans out there that. He's such a great pass rusher that just on that fact alone, you, you got to take this guy if you get the opportunity to take them. And obviously the Denver Broncos right there tail end of the second round. I think it's a good fit for Nick Benito to go to a place in Denver that has that history. And, you know, you could probably say this about a lot of different places in the National Football League where everybody's got that one really, really good pass rushing specialist but you know Von Miller in recent memory was such a great player in that regard in the Mile High City so I can see some Von Miller type trades maybe that's a little extreme for Nick Benito to to make that Von Miller comparison but uh, just strictly in his ability to get to the passer there are some Von Miller type trades there for Benito so I like the fit for him yeah I like the fit for him a lot as well he's not expected to go in and be the primary pass rusher the guy that they're expecting to get 10 12 sacks in the season they've got bradley chubb he's a really good player they signed randy gregory in free agency he's a solid player as well so nick bonito can be like you're talking about he can be a guy that just comes in in passing situations and they just say hey go get the quarterback don't worry about defending the run and then as he kind of works along into his rookie season or maybe even into his second year they can start requiring a little bit more of him in the run game because he showed at oklahoma that he's a really good run defender too and his versatility allows him to be somebody that can drop in coverage from time to time just to throw defenses or throw opposing offenses off. And so I, I like the fit as well. I think that's really good. One of the big takeaways I had from this draft, and just kind of turning the page a little bit, was how many Sooners ended up playing with other former Sooners or pairing together in this draft class. I mean, the Cleveland Browns drafted three Oklahoma Sooners. Are they just trying to make up for the way that the whole Baker Mayfield thing has gone down? I mean, they're not really, but in jest, it just feels like that. Like, hey, we're really sorry about Baker Mayfield. Hey, we'll just take a few of these Sooners to to uh, kind of make up for it and pair on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, and Michael Woods. I don't know. It was just really kind of fun. And, you know, Marquise goes to Arizona where Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray were. I mean, or are that's guys that he played with. You know, he's been a starter for Oklahoma for several years now. Jeremiah Hall is going to go play with Sterling Shepard. Uh, Grant Calcaterra and Kennedy Brooks are going to go play in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Guys reuniting all over the place. It's just, I don't know, it's really fun. And then you got Brian Osamoa up, going up to Minnesota, and he's like, okay, guess I'm going to just go up here by myself. Solo Viking for yeah. Brian Osamoa. Right. No, that, that is interesting how it played out in that regard to where – couple of franchises obviously in this draft class 
really like themselves some Sooners. You, you talk about, well, I'll, I'll save that because we're probably going to dive into biggest surprise from this draft for Oklahoma. Just talking specifically about, you know, guys winding up in the same city for the same franchise. I, I think it's, you know, great in terms of the comfort level. You know, Benito and Delaire and Turner Yell both together in Denver. The trio of guys going to, to Cleveland, that's fantastic. That comfort level that you get to come into the National Football national football league with assuming that everybody sticks around right? right you know it's not totally out of place for somebody to even with the you know fifth six round draft picks you know spin that draft pick on somebody and then doesn't necessarily totally make it out of camp onto the roster so that's you know not a guarantee at this point but it does look like a trio of guys going to to cleveland and whether or not that's hey we kind of like this oklahoma city market and what it's you know, meant for the Cleveland Browns, or if it's even a little bit of, hey, how about that sticking it to Baker Mayfield a little bit? I don't think there's any of that involved. I'm totally playing around here, but obviously they, you know, found themselves, the Cleveland Browns, a trio of suitors that they thought they got at, you know, a quote-unquote good asking price at different different junctures of the draft. So so it's, uh, it's good for all of those guys that they've got some familiarity. Yeah, they got great value there with, with several of those guys. And we'll talk more about Biggest Surprise. We've got f- several more takeaways. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You will not be disappointed. Summer's coming. And with summer, you're going to need some extra food on the go. And Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Just throw them in your bag, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar is they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. Get 100% covered in chocolate Built Bars, and they've got great flavors like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more, like my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order over at Built.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen Every single day, we're so thankful that you're with us. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube as well. Josh, all right, biggest surprise of the NFL draft. I'm just going to pose this question first to you, and then we can continue to talk about surprises as far as the Oklahoma Sooners are concerned. And that is Perrion Winfrey going in the fourth round to the Cleveland Browns or Kennedy Brooks not being drafted at all and having to sign an undrafted free agent contract. Unfortunately for Kennedy Brooks, it's a bigger surprise that Perion Winfrey fell to the fourth round after what happened with him, talking Perion Winfrey, at the Senior Bowl where he was tremendous all week long. It seemed like any NFL analyst that you could find out there talking about the Senior Bowl was raving about what Perion Winfrey did that week. So that was more surprising to me. Perion Winfrey, though, in the fourth round, I don't think that's the, the biggest surprise overall for Oklahoma in this NFL draft. I think the biggest surprise for me was Denver taking DeLaren Turner Yell in the fifth round. I thought that was a pleasant surprise for Oklahoma. For somebody in DTY that we kind of thought, okay, maybe sixth round, maybe seventh round, possibly like Kennedy Brooks goes the undrafted free agent route instead for, for Denver to take DTY when they did. I thought that was the biggest surprise in a positive way for Oklahoma in this draft. Yeah, as things were kind of getting towards the draft day, it just seemed more and more like DTY was going to get drafted. I mean, he was having 30 visits with different teams, and in one 
specifically with Detroit. And so I was really excited to see him get picked in the fifth. Just a great dude. Um, just really, I think he's going to thrive because he's, he's a film junkie. He wants to be watching film. When I interviewed him for Sooners Wire back in uh, February, I asked him, hey, what are you doing with your free time? He's like, I'm watching film. I'm getting ready for the draft. I'm like, no, no, seriously. Like, are you pl- like, you play video? I'm like, no, I watch film. I've got the tablet. I've got my iPad I'm on the couch, checking film out, getting ready for interviews, getting ready for you know, meetings. And, and during the season, I'm getting ready for games, but I'm, I'm watching film and then I'm falling asleep on the couch watching film. So I'm, I'm ecstatic for that dude. I think, I think again, Denver is a great place for him because, you know, they've, they've got such a rich history with safety play. And I think he can fit in really, really well there as a box safety. The, the surprise for me, though, was Mike Woods. Like, I, I Going into last year, I felt like he was a guy that was going to have a really, really productive year. We've talked about it several times on this show with the way that they rotated the wide receivers. It didn't really give anybody the opportunity to, to stand out head and shoulders above anybody else. It was just kind of like a wide receiver by committee approach. And for the most part, it kind of worked, but nobody really had these eye-popping numbers. And, and Michael Woods was one of those guys that he had a – an okay season, but not a a ton of production either in his junior year at Arkansas or his senior year at Oklahoma, where you're like, this is definitely a draftable wide receiver, but he does have traits and he's, he's a pretty athletic guy. He's got solid hands. He's a good route runner. He can make things happen after the catch and he's a willing blocker. And so it it definitely gave some teams enough to like, yeah, we'll take a chance on this guy and, and potentially make him, you know, fourth, fifth wide receiver on our roster, or at least give him the opportunity. So that was a bit of a surprise for me to see him um, to get drafted. I, I did feel like there were going to be anywhere from, you know, seven to nine Sooners drafted in this draft. So kind of falling right where that was, was not so surprising. I was surprised that Kennedy Brooks didn't get picked just because of his production level. Only the only other Oklahoma Sooner to have 3,000 yards rushing and averaged seven yards per carry in their career was Billy Sims. Billy Sims and Kennedy Brooks, and the, the only people to do that. So it did surprise me that he didn't get drafted, even as a sixth, seventh round pick. But it, it gets kind of weird down there in the draft, and who knows what, what teams are thinking of his you know, physical ability and why they didn't take him. But I think he's going to be a guy that vastly outperforms his draft stock. And I like his landing spot in Philadelphia where – not only does he get to play with Jalen Hurts, but he's going to have an opportunity to earn touches because Miles Sanders is a really good back, but he's somebody who's oft injured. Like he's not necessarily somebody who's known for being durable. And so Kennedy Brooks will have a good chance uh, to, to make an impact, even in his rookie year, as an undrafted free agent, I think. Let's turn the page a little bit, unless you have any more, anything else you want to add on something that surprised you from an Oklahoma Sooners perspective or just from the draft itself. Just bouncing off a couple of the items that you mentioned there, Mike Woods, to me, you know, he reminds me, and this is because I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I watch a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs games. He reminds me a lot of Byron Pringle, and I I think I've mentioned that here in the past, where at times deceptive speed, got, you know, good route running skills, uh, you know, better size, I think, than maybe we give him credit for. And he's, a you know, at times a pretty good big play threat, deep ball threat. So I can see what Cleveland's thinking a little bit that, you know what? Okay. Sixth round pick. Let's take a chance on this guy and see how this thing works out. Kennedy Brooks, you know, really hope it works out for him in Philadelphia because 
I don't know who necessarily to compare Kennedy Brooks to. I mean, obviously, just the statistical stuff that you pointed out there with Billy Sims. I mean, that's amazing when you think about the parallel between those two guys. And obviously, Kennedy Brooks winds up as an undrafted uh, free agent here to Philadelphia. I hope it works out for him. I don't know who to compare him to just, you know, physically from pass running backs in the NFL. But I think that even though he's not that flashy type runner at some point, man, I think, and I get it in the world of the NFL draft, we get caught up in measurables, right? You know, what's your 40 time look like? Uh, you know, what's your vertical on and on and on all these different things that you would look at to evaluate a running back. Kennedy Brooks produces, man. And at the end of the day, if you're somebody that can go out there and average seven yards per carry, okay, he's not going to do that in the National Football League. But if he's averaging anywhere, you know, north of four yards per carry, he's going to stick around somewhere. And I hope that somewhere is in Philadelphia. And one note that one of our, our writers over at Sooners Wire mentioned in a piece he wrote for or on Kennedy Brooks earlier today was that he didn't lose a fumble in college, which is amazing to me. Like for as many carries as he got, over the course of you know three, four seasons that he never lost a fumble. That's just mind-boggling. Because, I mean, everybody fumbles at least once, right? It's just surprising to me. All right, one, one more note before, because we hadn't touched on this yet. I kind of touched on it earlier, but Marquise Brown getting traded to Arizona, leaves Baltimore, goes to Arizona. Arizona sends a first back to Baltimore, reunites with Kyler Murray in the 2018, or sorry, the 2019, yeah, 2018 season, when Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy, Marquise Brown had 75 receptions, more than 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. This is, this is a great fit. I mean, I, I, Marquise Brown has kind of had an up-and-down career with Baltimore, but he gets to go to a quarterback that he knows, he loves, they're great friends. How excited are you just for Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown to be playing to get, together again? It sounds like Marquise Brown is who Hollywood is, who was really kind of requesting the trade and everything too. So yeah. it sounds like, Hollywood Brown is getting what Hollywood Brown wants, which, hey, you got the nickname of uh, Hollywood. You kind of got a superstar mentality. You should get every once in a while a little bit of what you want. I love it. I think, uh, obviously, you know, Marquise Brown has shown that he can be a dynamic playmaker in the National Football League. Injuries at times, you know, both in college, we know that. And then, you know, in the professional level, that's held him back a little bit. So, hopefully – Kyler Murray, we know, uh, you know, how much stock do you want to put into with was it agent talk or was Kyler Murray legitimately a little bit frustrated with the way last season ended and didn't feel like he had enough toys around him and weapons around him? Well, he's got a familiar toy and weapon around him now in Marquise Hollywood Brown. And, you know, Hollywood has shown, again, that he can be an explosive wide receiver in the National Football League. So you talk about familiarity, that seems to be kind of the theme coming out of this NFL draft in just the, the weekend of the NFL draft. If you mix in, obviously, Hollywood Brown here of just these familiar Oklahoma faces reuniting. So it should be a good marriage, we hope, down there in Arizona. And I think, you know, Kyler's already shown us that he is a superstar, a budding superstar in this uh, National Football League. So I like it. I, I didn't dislike I didn't dislike Hollywood Brown in Baltimore. You know, I'm maybe higher on Lamar Jackson than some of Mm -hmm. the scuttlebutt you hear out there from other people. Okay, is he the most dynamic passer in the world? No, he's not. But he's one of the most dynamic playmakers in the world that is the National Football League. And a couple of playoff losses don't scare me away one bit with Lamar Jackson. So I love that situation for Hollywood Brown. 
But clearly, if you're in the business of kind of passing along to management that you want to trade, then yeah. maybe you're not totally happy with it. So hopefully it works out for all parties. Yeah, it sounded like Marquise was just not thrilled with being in a run-first offense or a run-heavy offense, if, if we could say that. Because it's been a great offense for Mark Andrews. Like, he's, he's thrived in Baltimore and is now kind of considered in that upper echelon of tight ends in the NFL, along with Travis Kelsey and George Kill. He's in that same tier. And so it, it's a good offense, and it's a strong offense, but maybe it's not one that can highlight what Marquise Brown does best, and that's get down the field, get over the top, going to a place where Kyler Murray's got a great arm, great deep ball, and he's not going to be the focal point on the outside because they've got DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be drawing a lot of coverage. It's going to provide a lot of opportunities for Marquise Brown, I think, especially down the field. And it'll open things up for DeAndre Hopkins as well because people will have to respect the speed that that Hollywood brings to the table. So got a few more draft takeaways to, to cover, especially why is Texas such a poverty school? We'll talk about that after I talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Josh. Texas doesn't have a single player drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. One of three schools in the Big 12, the other two were Kansas State and West Virginia that didn't have a player drafted. Oh, yes, the Kansas Jayhawks did. They had one player drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. So, you know, I look at you look at the SEC and how many players were taken out of the SEC. And according to CBS Sports, it was 65. So 30 more players than the Big 12, 30 more than the Pac-12, 17 more than the Big 10, and 24 more than the SEC. Wait, sorry, I'm, I'm doing bad math. 40 more players than the Big 12. 40 more. Sorry, this is not a math show. This is a sports show. But 40 more players than the Big 12 were selected. You look at the recruiting rankings, Josh. All 14 SEC teams are in the top 32 of 247 sports team rankings. How many Big 12 teams? Just three. So what does it say about the SEC? They're getting the talent, and that talent's getting to the NFL. The Big 12 is getting talent, and and some of the teams like Oklahoma, who had the fifth most draft picks this year, they're getting talent to the NFL as well. But the conference as a whole, it just isn't seen in the same light. And, yes, the SEC has more schools. I'll grant that. But they don't have so many more schools that they can have 40 more draft picks than the Big 12. I mean, we're also looking at teams like, you know, Kentucky. They had four draft picks. Arkansas with three. Mississippi State with two. Missouri with two. Auburn with one. I mean, everybody, it looks like, except for Vanderbilt, had somebody picked. Um, it's just, I think that shows why this move to the SEC is so big for Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is going to do fine, but this just takes their ability to get talent and produce NFL talent to another level because they're going to get more four and five star players and they're going to take those four and five star players and develop them into players that can get to the NFL level. Just continuing to create that talent cycle that's going to benefit the program 
not just now, but in the future as well. You know, I think raw numbers, obviously, that you're looking at there, the totality of players that were SEC players that got drafted versus, you know, the total drafted players from the Big 12. Okay, that's a massive disparity. But to me, the more alarming thing, John, is back-to-back years, no Big 12 player selected in the first round. I mean, that tells you the and, and then you know I don't have the number of SEC players drafted in the first round I think it was more than a dozen that that just tells you the not only is there a conference-wide talent disparity but in terms of an annual basis and certainly each of the last two years basis there's a pretty serious talent disparity just in terms of the overall NFL draft talent in those two respective conferences so that to me, I mean, save this for a later day. Grab your sticky note, jot it down, put it over in, over there in the corner of the office, John, and we'll revisit this at some point during the summer. But maybe this this leap to the SEC, maybe we're taking this thing for granted a little bit. I don't want to give everybody out there that's saying, oh, this, this is the end of Oklahoma. I don't want to give all of that too much credit, but maybe there is a level of us taking for granted, okay, this is going to be – a significant step up in terms of talent week in and week out. I mean, just the the NFL draft results this this year. I, I think they tell us that. In the last two NFL drafts, I think they tell us that when the Big 12, and I get it's a little bit cyclical here, but, I mean, come on. There's not one player from the Big 12 good enough to get drafted in the first round. I mean, that to me is a little bit alarming. And Texas, okay, you take it away and we can dive into this. Are you kidding me, Texas? Pathetic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're supposed to be a premier college football power. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be back. You're supposed to have a wizard and Steve Sarkeesian. Now, they're going to have at least two players taken in the top 60 picks next year. And Bajan Robinson and oh, I, maybe Xavier Worthy won't even be draft eligible next year. It, it might be the year after that that he'll be draft eligible. Uh, and so, I mean, Bajan next year, you know, he'll be a top 60 pick. But beyond that? Like who else? Like who else is going to be a top sixty pick out of out of Texas? But to not get any players drafted is just ri- ridiculous for a team that is supposed to be as good as they are. It makes you understand why they have to throw cash at offensive linemen to get them to come to Texas. Like because you're not developing players, and this has been the root of their problem for what a decade or more is that they just don't develop the the players that they're getting in the recruiting rankings because they're generally a top ten, top five team as far as recruiting rankings go over the last decade to not be able to take those players and get them to the next level is just a travesty and you you think that they're going to get better and they think they're going to get better but right now the last 10 14 years 15 years of history shows that they're not really getting better and again it's a one-off year things things are weird and they had a big transition you know last year with the hiring of steve sarkeesian but not one player drafted like you first got beat by Kansas in the regular season and then Kansas beat you again with number of draft picks in the NFL draft. I mean, it, it's it, to me again, it's mind boggling. And then you look at the teams in the big 12 that did have players drafted. I mean, Oklahoma state had three, Texas tech had two, Texas tech had two and Kansas state had two. Like I get Baylor's going to have a ton of draft picks. They were a really good team last year. I get Iowa state is going to have draft picks because they had, they had a lot of talent. That's why people expected them to be really good. Again, Texas didn't have one. Like, what are you doing? Are you just, are, are your guys just not testable? Are they not testing? Well, 
to get people to draft them. I mean, again, we had a guy that had like 30-something receptions get drafted from Oklahoma and Michael Woods. We had a guy coming off of a season where he was kind of injury-plagued and Deller and Turner-Yale get drafted. I, I don't know. I mean, it, and Oklahoma could have had several more players drafted. So, you know, Texas will probably make me eat my words next year when they have several players drafted that, you know, we might not be expecting. But, yeah, it's just – it's got to be embarrassing if you're that school. Well – I don't think that they are going to make you eat your words because there's no changing the fact that they didn't have somebody drafted in this draft. Like, okay, so each year you can't, you know, unless you're Alabama probably, or occasionally in recent memory, a Clemson or an Ohio state, maybe you're not going to have eight players drafted every single draft, but one and you're the university of Texas and you're the flagship university. So we're told in that state, which is regarded as the, greatest high school football state in the country. And I'm not saying that there's anything to, you know, make fun of from the state of Texas high school football. It's a serious thing. It's a big deal. I get that. There's a ton of talent in the state of Texas. And if that's the case though, I'm sorry, you're right there. You're Texas. You're in the state of California. You're in the state of Florida. You're in the state of Georgia. There's no excuse to have a single season where you don't have one player drafted inexcusable for them. I just, let's play this game, right? Yeah. We were talking recruiting rankings, 2018, the number three recruiting class. How about 2019? Oh, look at that. The number three recruiting class. What about 2020? What was that recruiting class ranked for the university of Texas? Oh, that was a top 10 recruiting class. We could keep going, but you get the drift. Uh, you, you catch the drift here. They're getting top talent, but you said it You said it well. You said it best. It's not getting developed in. Coaching change or not, man, I mean, that's pretty alarming for them. Yeah, because a lot of those players, even though they were under a previous staff, they didn't get that development under the new staff either. And so very, very interesting. Uh, a couple notes that I want to – a couple tweets I want to read that I felt like were really fascinating on this topic. Uh, from at Red Dirt Sport, great follow on Twitter if you're over there on Twitter. The Sooners have had players selected in the last 27 NFL drafts. That's a big 12 active streak. The Longhorns have failed to have a draft selection twice in the last decade. That's, a, I mean, 27 straight years for the Oklahoma Sooners to have a draft pick. And, and Texas has not, or has had two seasons or two years where they didn't have a draft pick. Um, yeah, I think that just goes to show just the, the disparity between the two programs right now. I think it tells us one other thing, too. I think it tells us that the folks in the National Football League, they believe in the development that's going on at the University of Oklahoma versus they don't believe in the development that's going on from the University of Texas. It's uh, because let's call it what it is. There's a couple of Sooners that got drafted that could have been undrafted free agents. Mm -hmm. Instead, they got their opportunity uh, in the NFL as a drafted player because guess what? There's a lot of respect for what's been going on. Uh, though we don't always have it always said the nicest things, perhaps, about some of the previous coaching regime and some of the assistant coaches that were a part of that. Look, there's a lot of respect. Uh, and it's clear that there's a lot of respect in what's going on in Norman versus there, there's not a ton of respect, at least yet, in what's been going on in Austin. Okay, and then the last nugget comes from the, the legend, the great Bill Biedenboe himself. Big 12 offensive linemen drafted in the last five years. At the top, number one, 
Oklahoma at seven, TCU three, Texas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia two, Kansas, Kansas State, uh, Oklahoma State with just one, and Baylor and Iowa State at zero offensive linemen drafted in the last five years. So just further evidence of Oklahoma's dominance and their ability to get players, get top talent, develop those top talents, and get them to the NFL level. So if you're a prospect and you're out there listening to the show and you're hoping that you can make make a transition, make the jump to the next level after college, Oklahoma is going to be your best bet if you're looking at a Big 12 school. So, Josh, any other thoughts on the 2022 NFL draft before we wrap it up tonight? Um, you know, I've got some other thoughts that maybe we can dive into in our next show on yeah. Perry on Winfrey. And I'll just a little bit of a sample, a little bit of a tease. I don't think we should have been totally shocked that Perion had the plummet that he had in this NFL draft. And I'll leave it at that. And we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday on 94.7 The Ref in Norman, 1400 Sports Talk in Oklahoma City. Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Check out the work over at SoonersWire.com. And until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.